and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to our very first official episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you each and every episode as we talk all things Orange County Soccer Club. And we've did it. We've uh, we've gone through all of our preview episodes to try and work out the bugs. And we've now come to this first episode and we've got some guests joining us today. We got the familiar voice from last week. We got Dylan back with us. How's it going today, Dylan? It's pretty good, Ray. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming back and joining us here on the podcast. And also joining us, uh, we have uh, a member of the uh, Angels on Parade blog, which is an LAFC blog, but they also do a wonderful job of covering Orange County Soccer Club. And that's Alicia. Alicia, welcome on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Thank you for coming out. You, your, uh, your website, your blog has done a great job of covering uh, the uh, Orange, and, Orange County Soccer Club throughout the last few years. So we definitely appreciate you joining us here today. All right, yeah, so before, of course. Yeah, perfect. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is now part of the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, BGN.FM is where you can find not just our podcast, but a bunch of other podcasts, most, oh, many of them dedicated to United States or USL, um, United Soccer Leagues. And also there's a few other uh, soccer related podcasts on there. So make sure you go and check out BGN.FM. Uh, look for our page on the site along with many other uh, sites on there or podcast to find out about, uh, you know, all things USL. And so for this particular episode, we're going to look at first, we're going to a celebrate that we're here. Finally, we've made our uh, official debut. And in this ma- uh, this episode, we're going to go ahead and look back at this past weekend's match this past Sunday as Orange County Soccer Club went out to Carson on the road in the 405 Derby to take on Galaxy 2. And I will just say it's pretty good news for Orange County fans on that one. Uh, we'll also take a look ahead to what's going to be on the slate this weekend for Orange County Soccer Club as they host a very, very hot team uh, in the USL in, in Reno. And we also are going to um, have a special uh, interview with uh 
Orange County Soccer Club midfielder Richard Chaplow as he's going to share some information about uh, his life with soccer and just some other neat, fun things to talk about. And then we'll uh, also take a look at some of the USL news going on uh, this past week, and we'll cap it off with a little bit of a World Cup preview from our panel here. Does that sound good for everyone? Sounds great. Let's do it. Perfect. So as uh, I mentioned, what we're going to start off with is we're going to take a look uh, we're going to discuss the match this past Sunday in Carson, where the faithful traveling fans of Orange County Soccer Club, the Counterland Coalition, had headed up the 405 to go to Carson to take a look at facing the Galaxy 2. And that match ended up as a uh, plus three points for Orange County as they were able to somehow, some way pull out a goal uh, late in the match to go ahead and secure those three points. Uh, I know um, I was at the match uh, on Sunday, and I know I saw you there, Dylan. What were your thoughts on how things went at that, ma- or how the things went at that match uh, on Sunday? Uh, to be honest with you, I was um, I was surprised by the result. Uh, I know that we had made predictions about winning. Uh, I know that I had predicted a three-one, and you had predicted a two-nil. But um, as that game wore on, I was expecting. I, 70 minutes in that game, I would have settled for a draw and been happy with one point. Um, to score in the 82nd and take it all three was great. Um, but I thought that as the game went on, Orange County started to do a lot better in terms of kind of meshing together as a team and kind of getting everything ironed out. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's, you know, there was a few different uh, roster changes from the previous match. And uh, like you said, our predictions didn't quite play out the way we thought. And I think uh, when we look back at it, my two players that I thought were going to score a goal in the match, neither of, neither of them even saw the, the pitch on, on Sunday. And I think one of your picks was uh, Mark Segbers, and I don't think he was even there. Uh, so it was uh, definitely an interesting match. Uh, uh, Alicia, what, did, what were your thoughts or what did you see in that match when uh, you were watching that? Yeah, I agree with Dylan. I think, um, to me, the, the big difference in the game was that the Orange County had the experience and it showed, you know, as the game wore on, as the team kind of dug in and tried to look for any kind of opening, you know, they only had one shot on goal and they scored on it. So that's a pretty unusual stat. And it's, uh, you know, to score on your only shot on target to win the game with it, um, you know, that's a little bit lucky, a little bit skilled, but I think it, it kind of indicated the difference between the teams as far as, as experience level, because that's the thing with these two teams. Galaxy 2, they have a lot of prospects who are, you know, looking pretty good and could turn out to be a few of them even stars someday, um, but they don't have that veteran medal that, uh, that Orange County has, and, and they have it in abundance this year. And I really think that ultimately that was the difference in the match. Oh, definitely. And one of those things you see a lot of the time with these two teams in the USL is uh, you're going to always probably be lacking some of that uh, that leadership or that just experience out there because a lot of these two teams seem to be focused on uh, – uh, providing playing time for the younger players within uh, a team structure. So in this case, LA Galaxy looking to get their younger players some time on the pitch so that way they can uh, assess, is that player ready to uh, make it to the MLS or are they even going to be someone that we can get up there? So I definitely agree with what both of you said on there. Uh, you know, uh, Dylan, you said, you know, just sort of felt lucky to get out of there with the three points. You would have been satisfied with, the, with you know, a draw at that point uh, late in the match. And, and again, that... Uh, that experience for OC SC sort of showed at the end there in the outcome. And, and one of the things uh, 
you know, after the match, I got to speak with Thomas Innovolton, and I think he sort of agreed with some of your some of your uh, comments there from the both of you, and, and this is sort of what he had to say. All right, so this is Ray with Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I'm here with uh, Thomas Innovolton. Uh, first off, like uh, Kelly over here said, great win, great great job out there. Uh, it seemed like it was getting close to the end there, and we were looking at uh, just getting one point out of this derby. But uh, you know, your teammates helped set you up for that goal. How did how did that all how did that build up, and how did that goal get in the net? Yeah, first of all, we should be happy with one point before the goal because I didn't think we played a good game. We didn't create many chances. Godoy had a huge one he should have put in, but other, in the other end, uh, Galaxy had a few opportunities that they could have scored as, as well. But uh, yeah, we fought to the end. Uh, we got a goal after a set piece. The ball bounced back to me, and uh, I was cleaning and kicked it in. So that was a, that was a good feeling, and uh, yeah, it's a very good win for us because we didn't play the best game. And, and like you said, you know, whenever you can get the full three points out of a game where it's not your best game out there, it's it's perfect. Uh, what was the uh, atmosphere like in your mind of the players out in the field in this this derby match? Uh, were you guys able to hear the, the the traveling fans out there pulling you guys on? Or what did you guys just feel as players out on the pitch? Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, when you run in that, it's not often you hear what they're singing outside. But when there is a small break, you could hear them definitely. Uh, but it was a good atmosphere today. I didn't expect that many spectators. So uh, it was good to see and uh, it was a nice atmosphere. All right, so that was Thomas Ennevolton. I spoke with him uh, just after the match there, and, and he agreed with you, Dylan, that uh, we should have been happy even with just one point at the end of that match based on the way the team had played. And, and uh, I think, Alicia, you mentioned, you know, you know, very limited shots there. I think you mentioned just, you know, we got to go on the one shot. I don't know if the the Giovanni Godoy shot, I think the, the keeper for L.A. sort of got a tip on it or whatnot. I don't remember exactly what happened on there. But definitely when you can get that, uh, you know, the, you can basically steal three points on the road uh, in a derby, I mean, you have to take it. Yeah, you definitely have to take it. And I mean, this is the kind of thing where it, it distinguishes between the teams that are pretty good that might sneak into the playoffs and the teams that want to be contenders. This is the kind of game that you want to try and win. So, undoubtedly. Sorry, Dylan, go ahead, Ray. No, no, go ahead, Dylan. I was going to say, um, it seems like this is at least this from this game it's making a big difference on the team that we were last year it seems like there's a lot of progress being made in in grinding out that that last point we had that stretch of like six or seven games in early august um last year that there were a lot of draws in and i think this year if, if we had something similar it'd probably be picking up a few more three point advantages and stuff like that and I think that sort of plays off to what Alicia was saying is there's a little bit more experience now in this Orange County squad. Uh, not only the players that have been there with like Richard Chaplow or uh, Christian Duke, but you have some of the newer players that have been brought on, uh, you know, with uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, I, I always mess up his name. Um, the, the new guy in the center back. <laughs> uh, uh, Hoyveld. Uh, Jos Hoyveld. Uh, you know, he comes in, you know, with tons of experience. And then you also have the uh, the. Uh, defensive back that came over from or that we signed that last played with Orlando City um, Alston uh, you know you're bringing in some some players that have experience uh, playing in some you know tough matches not just in the United States but some of them you know around the world so that definitely helps well and I think like somebody like Ennevoldson is really making a big difference I mean I think he's clearly a step above just about all the forwards in in the league I mean he's definitely in the top handful of of strikers and you know his production is really carrying the team at times and he's he's not only a scorer but he's also setting up his teammates and um you know i think he's been really impressive 
Yeah, no, he's been uh, he's been great out there, and and just hearing him at at the end after the end of the match there uh, that you know in this type of match we should have been happy with one point because we didn't play well for most of the match, and to come out and steal the three points is just a, a great thing or a great sign to see there for Orange County uh, on the on the pitch. And uh, another thing to look at, we talked about some of these uh, players that are running around the pitch, but you also have to give props to Andre Rolls in this match because he made a few key saves out there. Uh, that definitely kept Orange County in the match early on and uh, even up until when uh, we scored. So, uh, you know, Andre Rolls, I think, after the match is, um, I think he's tops for shutouts in the league and uh, maybe second for saves. I don't know if anyone uh, has those stats. I don't have them right in front of me, but I think when I last looked, those are uh, the things I was seeing from him. And he's just been impressive all season. Uh, you know, I don't know what you guys have seen or Alicia, if, if you agree with me on that. I mean, without Andre Rolls, uh, Orange County might not be where they are on the table. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think they've done a really good job with uh, picking up those MLS uh, loanees who've been impact players. Um, you know, him and uh, Alex Cornale and um, Mark Segbers, they've all been you know pretty impressive so far. Um, and Rawls really has been a rock. Um you know, I, I think one of the things about this team that that's really exciting this season is there's a lot of guys that you look at who play regular minutes and you're like, he's really strong. You know, he could be the you know he might be the best player on the team. Uh, no, he might be the best player on the team. But I really think that uh, Andre is is certainly in the running for um, you know best player on the team right now. He's and basically putting up elite numbers around the league and you know in these days USL is huge, right? There's so many teams. So for somebody to be um, at the top of all of these statistical categories is really impressive. Um, but I also think that he passes the eye test. You know, he's not somebody that's, um, you know, just putting up gaudy numbers, but maybe he has a great defense in front of him. He has a good defense in front of him, don't get me wrong. But he's doing plenty of work himself to ensure that he's getting, uh, you know, the, the results. And um, I think OC are pretty lucky to have him for sure. Dylan, what would you say, uh, what are your thoughts on not just um, Andre Rolls' performance this past Sunday, but just what he's done so far for Orange County uh, through the season? He's He's been massive. Um, I know we've we've taken a liking to calling him Andre the Giant during games, and we chant that when he makes big saves, and he, he's been coming over and celebrating with us after, after results, and he's always one of the first ones over to come and, and thank us um, for supporting, but um, his stats... Mir Enevoldson on the other end of the pitch. Uh, 13 games, 7 clean sheets, while uh, Enevoldson's at 13 games, 7 goals. I didn't know what to expect with um, Charlie Lyon getting called up to LAFC. I kind of figured that he would maybe stay another another season and we'd get another season out of him. Um, but I feel like Andre has really stepped into that role massively. Um, I, it's it's hard to say where we would be without him. Uh, maybe three, four places down, just a couple games that may, you know, that we've won, a couple, I think, two, two or three now, uh, one-nil victories that without him may have been 1-1 one, one draws, may have been 2-1 losses. Um, he's showing up things a lot at the back, no matter what's going on in front of him. No, definitely. He's uh, he's been amazing for Orange County in between the post. And I mean, even if you look at this past Sunday, he was not having to just deal with uh, trying to stop L.A. Galaxy, but he was also dealing with uh, 
some sun issues there at the stadium. I don't know if anyone noticed, uh, especially in the second half there when the sun was getting close to setting. He was having to uh, cover that sun pretty well with his goalie, uh, with his gloves and with his hand, uh, which I know, um, you know, you got to sort of deal with it as a goalie. But, you know, anything like that can definitely impact uh, the experience and the ability to make some of these key state uh, key saves that uh that he has made and i got a chance to speak with him after the match um and we discussed just some of those topics including the sun i'm here with andre rolls uh you had a great night and goal out there you made Appreciate some key saves uh key saves out there yeah. that kept us in the game what was going through your mind on those saves oh i mean just doing my job doing what they pay me to do um i mean i can't take any credit away from the defense like they definitely they put the the attackers in good or difficult spots for them to score and then i mean yeah, I just did what I could to bail out the team where I could. I know they got my back anytime I need it, so it's good. Perfect. I saw you, uh, you know, late, ex especially in that second half, I saw you battling that sun a few times, having to put the hand out there. Uh, was the sun impacting anything on there, or were you were you prepared for that? Yeah, no, it's tough. Um, I mean, we had a sun coming out from the left side for, uh, for us, but, uh, I mean, it's just kind of part of the territory. You know, you just got to do what you can to get the best view on the ball as possible, and then yeah, go from there. And then uh, last question: uh, how, how does it feel to come to LA or come to Carson and uh, you know take a, take home the victory, the full three points in the 405 Derby like that? Oh, it's great, man! I love I love Derby days. I love Derby games. Um, I mean, just the competition is always there. Uh, coming here, coming on the road, tough battle, getting the three points. It's really good for this team. So there you have it. There's Andre Rolls uh, after the match there, uh, and you know again like like we've been saying, and and I don't want to you know. Uh, you know, keep uh, keep going on with all the praise. I'm sure he loves hearing it sometimes. Uh, but he, he, like Dylan said, and like Alicia said, uh, Orange County would be in a definitely in a different spot on, on the standings for USL in the Western Conference if not for some of the uh, spectacular performances that Rawls has put um, put out there on the field for for the team. So uh, definitely glad he's wearing the or, you know the black and orange or the white and orange, whatever uh, the game day is, because it's definitely been uh, a big part of the team this season. All right. Uh, one other thing uh, that we had happen uh, at the match uh, this past Sunday is we got to see um, the debut of a couple of players, actually. One of them actually started and played the full 90 minutes out there. And then uh, that was uh, Jos Hoiveld and uh, Alston. He got to come in late in the match to, you know, probably get a just a little bit of work out there as he uh, builds himself up for more of the rotation minutes. Uh, what are your guys' uh, – let's start off with you, Dylan. What was your uh, thoughts on – uh, both Jos Hoiveld and uh, uh, Mr. Alston out there on the field. Uh, I'll start. I'll start with uh, Alston. Um, I know he got subbed on in the 87th minute, so there wasn't much for him to do. Um, but we did those last 10 minutes, um, kind of weather a bit of a of a storm. Just a couple late attacks from Galaxy Two, Los Dos. Um, it's good to have fresh legs on in a situation like that where they're throwing everyone forward and. I mean, with only three, four minutes to prove yourself, there's not too much we could say. It's not like he came on and, and scored a goal or anything, um, but there wasn't anything to go and make any broad generalizations on. Um, I was surprised to see Hoivold, um starting. I expected maybe a, a similar situation to how Alston came on with a few minutes to go, or maybe he'd play a half, but to see him immediately thrown into into the starting 11 was, was a surprise. Um, it seemed like he he got on pretty decently with the rest of the team. Um, and I'm excited to see with, with more game time in his legs and a little more match fitness uh, how he comes into himself. 
and uh, Alicia, um, you know, again, I'll, I'll sort of uh, give you the same type of questions there. Uh, what was your uh, impressions of the uh, debuts from those two players? Yeah, I, I feel pretty similarly. I think, um, you know, Alston basically had a cameo. So, you know, he got he helped get the job done. So <laughs> they got the, the clean sheet. So good job for him. But um, I think Hoyveld, I, I thought he was he looked really good. I think if you would ask most people uh, if this guy had been playing with the team all year, if this was his first game, I think most people would figure he'd been with the team longer than, uh, you know, a single game, a, a few days or whatever. So I was pretty impressed with them. Um, I think it's it's a good sign that OC have uh, a few starting quality center backs right now. Um, you know, that was a problem for them last season. So to see them make sure that they have enough guys uh, on hand and, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, none of them get hurt. Um, you know, if, if they all stay healthy, then that means that they can be rotated. And, uh, you know, I think that's a great sign. No, definitely. And, um, you know, especially with the loss of Alex Trinelli, uh to Columbus Crew, uh, throwing, being able to throw in uh, someone with that type of experience uh, as you have with Hoyveld into the mix uh, to go along with Walker Hume and um, uh, Thomas Jewell Nelson, you got uh, three pretty quality uh, defensive midfielders there that can definitely help you out, uh, you know, in a season where you're going to be fighting for playoff positioning. Uh, and try and be very successful in there. So it's definitely a great addition there. The only thing I, I, I mean, and this is just being very nitpicky, but I thought the very first maybe 10 to 15 minutes of the match, there was a little bit of shakiness with that defense. But sometimes you can expect that when you're throwing in this whole new player into the mix, although he's a very experienced player, you still, I mean, you, it takes usually takes weeks or even months to build up some chemistry, uh, especially when you're dealing on the defensive end where you have to uh, trust and rely that your other uh, defensive partners are out there. Uh, in the backup positions that may be needed. But all in all, I think it was definitely a great uh, debut for both of the players. Like like you guys said, Alston, you know, just, you know, short minutes at the end, but he came on, came in and did what he had to do. Uh, and I'm definitely excited that both of these guys are going to be putting on the Orange County Soccer Club uh, jerseys for the remainder of the season because it's definitely uh, helpful for the, the team as they make a push for the playoffs. Um, one last thing to talk about for the match, and then we'll move on because I don't want to keep talking about this match for a full, uh, you know, 45 minutes or whatnot but uh i'm definitely want to just say i'm proud of the orange county faithful for making the trip up to carson uh, i was there at the match i know uh on the last episode i said i wasn't going to be able to make it up due to some family uh commitments for birthdays but i was able to work my schedule out and make it out there i definitely wanted to try and experience what was happening at that match and uh, i was pretty impressed by the uh the support that the traveling fans brought out uh you know out there on the you know enemy's turf and the county line coalition were out there in full force uh they were the noisiest people at that stadium you could see uh, i was up there with them for a, a big chunk of the match and you could see that some of the galaxy fans around were either getting a little annoyed a little frustrated um but as the traveling fan you sort of like to see that right dylan oh it was massive it was a it was a very good time um that was probably one of my favorite experiences and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, like I said, I was up there for a good part of the match, but I also started moving around towards the end of the match. I wanted to try and just get some different views of what was going on in the stadium. And even when I was down on the field, I could hear you guys out there making a lot of noise with all your chants. And I was sort of surprised, uh, you know, again, this was my first experience at the stadium uh, that the Galaxy 2 play in for a match between OC and uh, 
LA Galaxy 2. And I was pretty surprised. I, I know it's a two team, but there was a lot of LA Galaxy fans there, but they weren't very vocal. They weren't, you know, that traditional soccer fan base that you, you know, love to hear. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, the typical LA Galaxy 2 crowd or they were just a little shocked that there was so much noise coming from the Orange County crowd. Uh, but, you know, they they tried maybe one time to go ahead and uh, rile up the County Line Coalition. And here's uh, a taste of what that sounded like. Oops. All right, so a little bit of play there between the fans, but I was a little disappointed the the lack of creativity by some of the chants from the LA Galaxy fan. Pretty much just chanting LA Galaxy, LA Galaxy, or I think there was a time in the match where they were trying to diss Orange County uh, with uh, just sort of a generic uh, Orange County chant. And on the opposite end, you had the County Line, County Line Coalition coming out with all of their, you know, all of their chants throughout the match. Uh, again, Dylan, uh, you know, what 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 was up with that? What's is is that the typical LA Galaxy two fan? And is does does uh, does Orange County actually have the better uh, you know supporter group? Uh, I don't want to speak for the entirety of uh, Los Dos fans. Um, I just feel like we love as, as the kind of like coalition we love going. Uh, we love away matches. They're probably more fun than home matches. Honestly, um, going and and meeting other people and, and having some fun. Um, I think we brought about 20 people and any time that we show up we're we're in it for the entire game so there were 90 minutes of of singing and yelling and and having fun um i think it's a a lot of the case with a lot of two teams is they don't pull a lot of um sporters out to games it's hard to get excited about what ends up being um academy players or, or homegrown players um, so a lot of the times you're not going to be pulling two three thousand uh, fans like Orange County does. You're not gonna, you're not gonna pull eleven thousand like Sacramento does, um, or, or twenty thousand or whatever it is that Cincinnati does. Um, a lot of the times, I think it's mostly families and friends of of the players, and then um, whoever that the the first team convince to go out to the the two team matches as well. And, and Alicia, I I didn't know I didn't get a chance to ask you if you actually were at the match or if you were watching. Uh, on ESPN Plus, but were you able to, whichever way you were um, following the match, were you able to uh, hear that support from the traveling fans? Yeah, it's funny you ask that because um, I watched on ESPN Plus and I could hear the the chanting over the broadcast. And it was something that um, I can't say that you always hear it, uh, especially uh, like Dylan said, especially for Galaxy 2 games. It's not really that common to hear a lot of chanting, but um, yeah, definitely heard it. And it wasn't just the uh, LA Galaxy chant that we heard at the beginning of the clip there. It was, uh, you know, it, it, you could hear the, the County Line Coalition coming through on the broadcast, too. So it was pretty cool to hear. And like Dylan said, it wasn't it wasn't like it was, you know, 100 or 200 Orange County fans out there. It was just some very dedicated fans out there. But they definitely were 
uh, at least noise wise, they were definitely doing a good a job, uh, a great job of trying to uh, show that, you know, Orange County fans uh, are, uh, you know, are out there and are, are big and they're loud and they can definitely uh, compete with, uh, you know, the opposing crowd, especially on in the um, enemy's territory. So, uh, you know, great job for all you supporters that were at the match, the County Line Coalition. And even if you couldn't make it to the match, you know, if you were watching on ESPN Plus like Alicia was, I mean, even that kind of support, I'm sure it somehow channels through uh, whatever technology that's all going through the 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 uh, phone wires or, or the DSL or I'm going back in the days, right? Cable lines <laughs> or whatnot. But it was getting there and and, you know, hey, it helped probably spur. Uh, county to victory last thing to talk about in this match is i want to try and just get an idea from the both of you uh who your mvp of the match was and let's go ahead and start with you dylan oh there's there's only one option for that that has to be andre uh seven saves which oh he was only beaten out by uh Rainish from reno with nine this past week i mean i can't imagine him having much better of a performance and what about from you alicia uh, I would probably go with Rawls too, but to be different, I will go with Enna Voltson, just having that veteran guile, being in the right spot at the right time and, and making it count to make sure that they get the win. And uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't be different. I have to go with Andre Rawls on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, you know, I, I think in your heart, Alicia, you were probably leaning to that as well, but trying to be different there. Uh, you know, Andre Rawls, without him out there, it could have easily been uh, Orange County down, you know, one, two, maybe even three nil. Um, before they ever got that chance to score with Anna Voltson. So Andre Rolls definitely kept uh, Orange County in the match. Uh, you know, credit to the defense. The defense was really strong as well. But there was, I, I could definitely count. I, I know, Dylan, you said seven saves in that match. I could easily picture or remember at least three uh, saves in that match were, that were key quality saves, not just simple, uh, you know, light balls hit to you. It was literally getting your body... Uh, in any position to try and stop the ball from getting past you. And he definitely did a great job at that in the match. So, uh, you know, my vote also goes to Andre Rolls on that. All right, so moving on, we're going to go now look forward to our upcoming match this Saturday in Irvine at the Great Park there at the Championship Soccer Stadium as Orange County Soccer Club is going to look to host Reno 1886 FC. I believe I got that right. Um, Hopefully I did. 1868. Okay, 1868. I, you know, I, I'm. It's one of those things you got. You have to throw those numbers in there for some reason, and it just throws things off because there's all these right. these different things. But if uh, that voice is a new voice out on the on there, folks, and that means uh, we got John. Uh, is it Macaluso? Perfect. Ooh, Fantastic pronunciation. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad I could get that. It, it reminds me back of the days when I used to be a wedding DJ. Uh, just I, I hate to steal the, the thunder here, but I had to do a. Uh, I believe it was a Thai slash Filipino wedding or something of that nature. And the bride and groom did not give me any of the names ahead of time for me to learn or practice. They handed me a list and apparently I got like all but one of the names correct. So for some reason I can look at a name and just sort of guess it and get at least close, except for when it's Orange County Soccer Cup players like Alex Cornelli or Joost Hoiveld. Uh, I have difficulty getting those. So we got John, and I'm going to get it wrong now because I got it right the first time, but we got John Macaluso. Uh, he is, got it right. <laughs> he is actually from Sportscast Weekly, and he covers uh, not just Fresno soccer, uh, but just Fresno sports in general, I believe. Uh, welcome to our podcast, John. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, Reno Sports. Oh, what did I say? Did I say Fresno? 
You did. I'm stuck <laughs> on Fresno right. uh, tonight. Yeah, so Reno Sports. Uh, so John covers Reno Sports uh, on Sportscast Weekly, uh, I believe a podcast and a website, correct? Yes, correct. All right, perfect. So I'm going to get right in it with you. And what is up with Reno? They've they've been on a tear lately. I believe they have gone 10 matches unbeaten in the USL. And really looking back at that stretch, the only loss they've had in any competitions in that stretch was a loss to Sacramento in the Open Cup. Uh, what's what's making everything go so right in, uh, in Reno right now? Now, I feel like this is a bit of a cop-out because I'm going to tell you exactly what the players and Coach Ian Russell tell me in interviews. Everything is just working out. Uh, you know, the San Jose Earthquakes aren't playing with their roster a whole bunch, especially uh, as of late when uh, with their, you know, uh, long losing streak. It's kind of a bummer there, but it is what it is. Everything's just working. All these players are starting to mesh together. You know, you've got uh, Antoine Hopineau uh, doing his thing, assists all over the place. Van Avak, his name is also spelled very weird, as I'm sure you'll see next week. Um, he's been scoring like no one's business. He's been assisting all over the place so just all of these pieces are finally coming together and it's uh coincidentally the same exact thing happened last year i have no explanation for why or how but uh they're just tearing it up right now no definitely and uh, it's one of those things you look at the uh the usl standings especially in the west uh, western conference there and uh I'm looking at these matches, and it seems like one of the top matches this weekend is going to be this matchup, the Orange County versus Reno matchup. Uh, both of these teams are sitting, I think, within a couple points of each other, uh, mm -hmm. even though it's Orange County in fifth, Reno's in seventh, but they're just two points apart. And when you look at the the table or the standings in front of them, it's not that big of a gap to get up to the number three or the, even the number two position at this point. So this is definitely going to be a pretty good matchup between the, the two teams, and I definitely am, am looking forward to it. Um, what uh, what would be, I guess, in, and you don't have to answer this, John, because I know, you know you're, I'm sure you're a Reno supporter out there, uh, but what are some of the things that Orange County could look at to take advantage or try and, uh, you know, take a or steal a victory from from Reno? What, what are things they can do out there? Uh, you know, that's that's a very good question. I would. I would actually look at ensuring that Reno does not maximize on opportunities. And what I mean by that, and I'm going to go ahead and we're going to look at, you know, the most recent match against Fresno, uh, a team that I think Reno should have, should have handled. Um, I mean, no, no team is an easy win, but I think Reno should have definitely won that game. Um, and the reason why Fresno's, uh, Fresno's goalie was, was, you know, up there in his saves is because, Reno finished the game with 23 shots, and 10 of those were on target. And they just could not maximize on these opportunities that were present. So I think if, if the OC can go ahead and do what they can to make sure that these opportunities d continue to not go in Reno's favor, then they will definitely win this game. John, uh, I'm wondering who has replaced Dane Kelly uh, as the main scorer at Reno. You know, he moved on to DC United, and, and he right. was really on fire last year. So, who's been the the, the scorer or scorers who are who are picking up the slack this year? Sure. So it's actually three scorers. Uh, I would say we've got Brian Brown, Lindo Mafeka, and Danny Muzowski. And Muzowski is, is a source of pride for Nevada because he played at uh, UNLV along with Kevin Fertitta, who is now with the San Jose Earthquakes. But those three, uh, they each lead the team in goals, and they each have three goals each. So 
I would say that they're at the moment definitely picking up Dane Kelly's slack. Although he is definitely missed. Don't get me wrong on that. But at least you got some uh, some some people that have been able to pick up that slack there and and help you guys. I mean, it, it's it's impressive when you look at Reno. They've they've kept the thing. I mean, I I I don't even know what to think of a of a streak like you guys have been on recently. Um, one thing I wanted to just sort of figure out is I know uh, you know the games here down in Irvine this upcoming weekend. What is the uh, the the supporters like for for Reno? Uh, can the Orange County fans expect to see a huge turnout. I know it's a bit of a drive to get from Reno down to Orange County, but who knows? It's it's uh, Father's Day weekend. Maybe there's some uh, people visiting family down here. What do you, what are your thoughts, or how have, uh, how have the traveling fans been so far this season? You know, I think that they've been they've been pretty good. I mean, I'm I, I'm a big uh, you know big fan of the Battleborn Brigade is what we call them, and they're definitely the big supporting group for uh, for Reno. But, um, you know, I haven't been to a road game yet, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm paying out of pocket for all this. I'm sure you guys know how it is. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just going to say they will show up, but I don't know how many. And they'll definitely be loud, though. I can guarantee that. <laughs> all right. So it sounds like you guys will have a decent uh, group out there for this match. So it's definitely good. Uh, it'll be nice to see uh a great match out there by with two quality teams. Let's just go around the uh, the table here and see what does everyone think the predictions. Uh, give me like a score uh, and maybe who you think will be the star for the the match uh, coming up. And let's start off with our guest John. John, who do you think is going to win, or is it going to be a draw? And who's the star? Yeah, I do think it's going to be a draw. Actually, I know it, it might sound like a little bit of a cop out, but I can call that I'm pretty sure uh, Jerry Van Abak is going to score. I say pretty sure uh, this is a prediction here, guys. Um, but, you know, Marcinkowski on for Reno and then um, uh, Rawls for, for the OC. Just been on point, both teams. So I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be very, very – well, it's going to be a draw. So, um, yeah, who's next? All right, what about you, Alicia? Um – Gosh, I hate I hate doing predictions. Let's see. I'll say um, I'll say a two-one win to OC. We'll go with Quinn and Selbol scoring. All right. So, Dylan, what do you think? Um, I'm gonna have to agree with John. I'm I'm expecting a draw. Um, I will go two-two. Uh, for Reno, uh, I expect uh, Van Viker or Van uh, Wolfgang. I think is what his his new last name is. Yeah, now he's been married. Um, it's a little bit of a homecoming for him. I know he played for us last year, and that's how to see him go. I think he'll he'll probably come back and he'll probably score. Um, for us, I'm giving Enavolts in another one, and uh, probably Godoy. Uh, I know he had that chance last week. I think he can. He can capitalize. He'll put it on target this time. And then, um, got another one for Reno. I'm trying to think of of who else is there. Um, John, maybe you can help me with his last name. But is it Musovsky? Musovsky, yeah. Musovsky, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Musovsky and and Van Wolfgang scoring for Reno. All right, so we got Dylan and John both going for draws there. I, I'm uh, I'm sort of with you, Alicia. I think uh, Orange Kenning can pull this one off, but I'm not gonna be as generous in the goals. I think it's gonna be one nil. Um, I think Andre Rolls is going to be the key to Orange County again in this match uh, with some great saves. And uh, 
you know, as far as the goals, uh, let's let's say maybe we'll get a, a, a goal this match from Christian Duke. I, I think he's due for something out there. So uh, we got two for Orange County and we got two for a draw there. So a pretty even evenly spread out there, except for no one's picking. I don't think anyone picked uh, Reno to win. So maybe that's a uh, good news for Orange County. I'm sure it's going to be a Reno win now that we none of us went that way. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, next week we're all going to be like, "Darn it, we put that uh, that that curse on on Orange we'll County." We'll all be happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right, everyone. So this is our first official episode, and we're going to be previewing a brand new segment we're going to have here on this podcast. And this is going to be the get to know the players section of our podcast. And for our first official episode and for the first time doing this, we've got midfielder for your Orange County Soccer Club, Richard Chaplow. Richard, how are things going for you today? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on our official launch of the podcast. Glad we could have such a, a valuable member of the team on with us and so the way this segment's going to work ladies and gentlemen is i'm going to ask richard 10 questions five of them will be soccer related five of them will just be questions that we can get to know um, our players a little bit more and in this case richard a little bit more uh, as we you know go through here and i'm just asking richard to go through just give us some quick answers um try not to you know think too hard about it and then if there's something that sounds interesting in there i might take a break from the rapid questions and and ask for a little bit more information on that does that sound good for you richard it certainly does all right perfect so we're going to start off with a little bit probably even easier question but uh this first question is going to be uh when you were a young boy who was your soccer idol uh paul gascoigne and why, uh, you know, what about him, or what, what was it about him that just sort of drew you to to wanting to? He was uh, he was just amazing to watch on the on the field, a, a pure entertainment uh, player, uh, always playing on the edge, and uh, he was just he was just great to watch. Perfect, thank you. And then I know, uh, you know, you started, I believe, your youth with Burnley, and you actually got to make your professional debut with Burnley as well. What was that experience like? Uh, it was amazing, obviously, being a, a Burnley fan growing up and uh, going to watch them uh, Wembley from, uh, I think I was three years old when I first got introduced them, to them from my dad. Uh, it was a dream come true, obviously, something that I uh, had a goal and a dream about and uh, obviously very, very lucky to have uh, achieved that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the next question I want to have for you is a little bit of, we're going to play a little bit of a fantasy uh, type thing here. If uh, Orange County, if the owners of Orange County Soccer Club were given all the money they could you know, use for one player in the world, a current player, which player would be the one that you'd want to have them try and sign to the team? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to start the, uh, the Ronaldo or Messi war here, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go for Lionel Messi. All right. So, you know, it's funny because uh, I like how you said that, that war, because I'm sort of on that Cristiano Ronaldo side. My son has followed along with that. But either of those players, I mean, you can't go wrong with, right? Correct. I mean, uh, damned if you do, you damned if you don't. They're both uh, equally amazing. But uh, I, I just like the style of Messi, the way he plays the game. So he gets the nod just... Perfect. And then we're going to uh, flip the script on this a little bit. Now, if you had an opportunity, you could choose whichever team you'd want to go play with right now in your career uh, besides Orange County. What team would you uh, like to get a chance to go play for right now? Um, I'll go for Manchester City um, to be given the opportunity to be coached by uh, Pep Guardiola. And, and by, you know, get a chance to get that, uh, that championship. It looks like they're still going to be a strong club next season as well. So that would be a good opportunity there. 
Definitely. All right. And then the last soccer question we're going to ask you really quick is um, it's going to be sort of a two-parter. You know, the World Cup is coming up here. Uh, and who are you going to be cheering for? I, I think everyone probably might know the answer to this, but let's hear it from your from your mouth. Who are you going to be cheering for? Um, I'm going to back, obviously, my, uh, my home uh, nation and uh, go for England. Perfect. Now, this is the, the second follow-up. Now, who are you thinking is actually going to win it? And you can, by all means, say England if you really think they can do it. But who is your team to win the Cup? Um, I'll go for Germany. Germany. You can't, you know, Germany, uh, you know, England, you know, if they can put it out there, if they can get a, get that team together, it's a good squad, but Germany's always a good, uh, good pick when it comes to, to world cup, uh, and international soccer. All right. So we've done the five, uh, soccer related questions. Now we're going to go into just a little bit more outside of soccer, get some ideas, uh, of, of Richard Chaplow, the person, not just the soccer player. So the first thing I'm going to ask you on this one is, uh, what food or restaurant, uh, do you love that you just can't get in Orange County? Um, can't get in Orange County. Um, Indian food. Um, coming from England, it's a big, big uh, culinary um, experience in England. And I just can't seem to find uh, a good Indian restaurant. I think that's a, sometimes a debate that I see on Facebook. Uh, I know a lot of people from England, and that's one of those things. There's always people asking, where's Indian food in Orange County? And I know it's a, it's a tough battle because there's only a few places that people really know of. So it's a good answer there. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Now, what would be your favorite non-soccer related uh, sports team? Uh, non-soccer related sports team. Uh, that's a very good question. Um, I'll go for Anaheim Ducks because they're in the OC and I don't have anyone else jumping out of it right now. So uh, <laughs> you got to support local talent, I suppose. Well, I'm sure a lot of our Orange County fans are going to love hearing that. The Ducks are definitely a favorite team in this county, uh, you know, so that's definitely a great pick there. Uh, next question I have for you is, have you ever cried during a movie? Um, yeah, I have. I can't remember what film it was now. Um, Will Smith was in it, and he was um, Pursuit of Happiness, I think it was. Which one was that? I think it was called The Pursuit of Happiness um, with Will Smith. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, that... he, he had, he had the, the young boy in it, and uh, he, was, uh, he was struggling to make ends meet. And as a, as a dad and a, a father of two, it, uh, it, it hit home a little bit. So I have no problem admitting that uh, I had a little tear on that one. I, I totally go with you there. I have no problem admitting uh, that would be the type of movie that would get to me too because I think I'm in your same shoes there. I, ha I have two young boys, and, uh, you know, those – they can get to you sometimes when you're, especially when you're seeing situations that uh, you can sort of relate to, or you can see that being a, a crazy part of life. So that's a definitely a good answer there. Of course. <laughs> now, uh, next question. If you could spend the day or just, you know, even a few hours with any historical figure, uh, who would you like to hang out with? Oh, um, Winston Churchill. Any particular reason why you'd pick him? He's just a very, very inspirational character. Um, obviously, history-wise, he's uh, he's come out with some great, great quotes, great moments in history. So I'd uh, I'd love to have a little dinner, dinner or a tea party with him. No, that totally makes sense. There, he's definitely uh, even you know on this side of the pond, we've heard of him, and and he's a big part of history when you look at just the world in general. So that's definitely a great pick there. And we'll do one last question here for you. 
Uh, if you were forced to sing a song at karaoke, what would be your go-to song? Oh, this is an easy one. Um, it's by a band that not many Americans will know, but they're called Ocean Color Sea. Um, and, the, and the name of the song is The Day I Caught the Train. Um, sung it many times when I've signed for clubs and you have to stand up and sing in front of the team. And it's uh, it's always my go-to. So uh, that would be my choice. Can you give us a little sample of what that sounds like? I definitely cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I totally get it. I totally nice, get it. <laughs> nice try. I get you got to ask a question. Yeah, got, I got to try and sneak that in there. Hey, maybe you, you, maybe I get you into that little uh, corner and you feel like you have to do that. Nah. But no, those were all some great answers. And definitely, uh, you know, the, the whole goal of this is just trying to get Orange County fans, get them a little bit to, or get them to know our players a little bit here. And uh, definitely glad that you were able to come on and join us and answer these questions for us today. Uh, and and uh, again, thank you for taking time out of your day to do that. Of course, enjoy it anytime. I'm sure the boys will be more than happy to uh, to get on and, and share a little bit about themselves as well in the following weeks and months to come. Perfect. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's Richard Chaplow, the midfielder for your Orange County Soccer Club. Make sure you uh, go and follow them, support them at the stadium uh, each and every week or follow them, you know, if you can travel along with them because I know they definitely uh, enjoy that support from all their fans. Once again, thank you very much, Richard, and you have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks for having me. All right, so it was great to get to know Richard Chaplow uh, there, not just the player, but the person, as we learned a little bit of information, uh, a little bit of his likes, his dislikes, and whatnot on there. But now let's go ahead and just talk briefly about uh, some USL news. Uh, as it was announced, I believe, late last week, that it w- a new USL uh, franchise or team will be available or will be here, uh, I believe, next season. And this one's going to be in New Mexico. Um, what do you guys think of New Mexico getting the uh, nod for a USL uh, club as opposed to some other cities like say, Hey, San Diego or something like that. Well, I, I went to, um, I, I drove across the country at Christmas time. I went from my home to Tennessee and back. So I got to see a huge part of the country, uh, a lot of places that I'd never been before. And, uh, both ways we stopped through Albuquerque and I thought it was exactly the kind of city that would do pretty well with the USL team. Granted, I was only there for a few hours at a time, but um, I think the size, the vibe, the location uh, really makes it seem like a no-brainer to me as far as as having a USL team. And um, it's not a a close, close uh, drive, especially compared to some of the other, um, you know, recent expansion teams out here at West, but uh, it's still a, a manageable road trip if you want to kind of get away and, and use the uh, away game as an excuse. Um, I definitely want to go back there and, and check out more about Albuquerque. So, um, you know, San Diego is a whole different story, but I definitely think as far as New Mexico is concerned, I'm actually pretty excited about it. How about you, Dylan? Are you excited to possibly drive out to Albuquerque to watch a match, uh, an OC match? Uh, well, I have to say I ride a motorcycle, so I am not looking forward to potentially driving out there. Um, it might be a, a flight, depending on how cheap flights get. But I am very excited. Um, I, I love doing away matches. Um, I've been pretty stuck with just going to uh, Los Dos games um, or anyone if we're playing in the Open Cup like we did last season. But um, it's good that there's more Southwest teams, um, and it's not just Vegas. It's not just Phoenix. Um, I would say that Albuquerque is a lot smaller of a market, but... Um, 
and kind of similar with Orange County, and we're kind of making a headway. So if that brings a lot of, of fans and a, and a good crowd, it'll be someplace that's absolutely worth going to. Probably, I would say they have a really good shot at being one of the more fun stadiums to be. And how about uh, how about you, John, uh, making the way down from Reno? What are what are your thoughts um, of Albuquerque as a potential destination? I love it. I mean, I, I'm one of those guys who honestly loves any expansion. Uh, you know, the more people that get to watch a soccer game, the more fans you're going to have. Uh, soccer, you know, as someone who started out covering the big, you know, the NFL, NBA, MLB, and stuff like that, um, I fell in love with soccer way after starting, you know, covering those. So I think I want more people like me who are being like, oh, the sport's amazing. I need to start watching it. So let's do it, Albuquerque. Let's do it. <laughs> and then um, really quick on the Albuquerque note, what do you guys know about Blake's Burger? Have you guys heard of that place? No, I've not. What, what is that about? So, <laughs> so Blake's Burger is just a, a popular burger spot out there in Albuquerque. Uh, they serve the burgers with the, the popular green chili that you get almost anywhere right, in, yeah. in New Mexico. Uh, whenever I make one out there, I have family out there. So I always try and stop. Uh, I've been out there in a long time, but uh, whenever I did make it out there, that's one of the things you got to, you got to enjoy is Blake's Lauderburger. Um, and you know, it's one of those things. It's that, you know, that regional hamburger chain you got, you know, Southern California, we always are boasting about in and out being this great, amazing burger. Uh, if you're out in Texas, it's the Whataburger. Uh, in, in in Albuquerque, it's pretty much probably the Blake's Lauderburger. So uh, when we make those road trips out there, maybe uh, pe- people have to give it a try and see what they think of those. All right, cool. I so really, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Alicia. Sorry, I wish I had that tip uh, when I when I took my drive across the country. That would have been a good one. <laughs> Definitely. Well, hey, you, now you have more opportunities potentially to travel out to follow sure. Orange County or even you know any other um, soccer match out there. So. Uh, not a problem. So really quick before we end this episode, our first official episode, let's just do a quick uh, World Cup preview from everyone. I just uh, want to get your thoughts, um, who you're going to be rooting for and then who you think uh, is going to be the ultimate winner on this. So we heard from Richard Chaplow, uh, you know, of course, he's rooting for his home country of England, uh, but he thinks the team to look out for, the team that's probably going to win it is going to be Germany. Does anyone agree with uh, Richard as far as picking Germany as the uh, the winner? I do, right here. All right, so the John agrees with Germany. And John, who is, who? you know, um, it could be Germany, but who is it that you're rooting for? Or, you know, it, whether it's the, you know, the underdog or just a team that you've liked to follow over the years. Sure, uh, disclaimer, I'm very, 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 very sad that the United States didn't make it. I don't think I'm going to get I over think we all are. until they do. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, there's that. Um, but I'm rooting for France, uh, Le Blues. And, that, and it's because I have a teacher... Him and I are very close friends, or I had a teacher. Him and I are very close friends, and he's from Paris. So it just worked out. And what about you, Dylan? Who are you, who are you rooting for, and who you think is going to ultimately win it? Um, I, I have to say I'm, I'm giving a good amount to Brazil, as much as I would not like to actually see them do that well. Um, as, as a team, I don't particularly like them. Um, I'll offer up a dark horse in Belgium. I think that they've got a really strong squad this time around, um, and I think that they should have no problem, but I am with Chaplo. I'm hoping England wins. Um, I'm hoping they get as far as they can. And what about you, Alicia? Uh, I did a bracket today, and I picked Spain, so I guess I'm going with Spain. <laughs> um, as far as rooting interests, it's kind of half and half, like half just taking it all in. Um, I don't have any 
club teams that I follow in Europe or anything. I just kind of watch what all is happening. So I, I think it's going to be a lot of that for me as far as this World Cup. But I do have some rooting interest in Mexico, and, and I definitely hope that they do well. Perfect. And Alicia did a little bit drop there because if you go to Angels on Parade, she actually uh, they have a post up there for people to go on uh, and pick their their choices for pretty much the whole World Cup, uh, the group stages, the knockout stages, and ultimately the, the the big winner. And it's really for bragging rights, but it's definitely a good thing. So if you get a chance to go and stop by the website there um, and uh, you know share who you think it is. And I was actually going through the brackets uh, that you had uh or the information that you shared on there, Alicia. And I started filling stuff out, but I left that paper at work. I'm trying to remember exactly who it was. I will say the team or the two teams that I'm sort of rooting for, one of them is Belgium. I've just always been a Belgium person uh, as far as uh, international uh, soccer goes. I don't know why. Uh, it just happens to be that's what I picked. Um, I've always sort of been more of a, I don't go for the front runner, but I also don't like to go for the the lonely loser all the time. So I think that's why Belgium sort of stuck out to me. Uh, the other team that I sort of am cheering for is England. Um, that's because I follow English soccer, uh, the English soccer league. I'm a huge Tottenham Hotspur fan. Don't uh, don't hate me anyone if, if that's not your, <laughs> your team. But, uh, you know, being that... Uh, you can look at the English roster and you got pretty much five key contributors are from Tottenham. It's it's almost obvious that I have to uh, cheer them on. Um, as far as the win, I have sort of gone out, uh, I guess, a little bit on a limb, but it's not the biggest limb. I, I'm picking France to win the whole thing. Um, I don't know if it's just because they have the Tottenham goalkeeper in there and that's why I wanted them or whatnot. But I think they they can pull it off if the, all the things go right for them. And uh, as anyone knows, in the World Cup, there's always room or chances for for crazy stories to happen and, and some of the big teams to potentially get knocked off. Uh, so that's why I've picked France on there. So so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You have all of our picks. Um, you can uh, make fun of us after the World Cup is uh, over unless one of us got it right. Uh, but that's what we all think. And uh, with that said, this is going to end our first official podcast. Um, I want to first thank everyone uh, that joined us today. We've got Dylan from County Line Coalition joined us today, Alicia from Angels on Parade, and John, who joined us from Sportscast Weekly. I want to thank all of you guys for joining us. Really quick before we end this, though, I want to just give uh, Alicia and John a chance to let you guys know where you can find more information from them. So we'll go ahead and start off with uh, Alicia. Where can our listeners uh, find out more from you? Sure, you can uh, find my writings on Orange County SC at angelsonparade.com and I tweet at Soccer Musings. All right, and John, where can our listeners go to find out more information on Reno Sports? Uh, go ahead and go to sportscastweekly.com. I'm also pretty active on social media, so check out the SC underscore weekly on Twitter, Sportscast Weekly on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. Thank you very much. And again, I want to remind all of our listeners that Orange County or the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is part of the Beautiful Game Network, BGN.FM. Make sure you go and check us out there along with all the other wonderful podcasts that are available. Uh, does anyone have any last words or any last uh, things they want to share with uh, the public? Uh, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for taking time out of your, your evening. To all of you, John, Alicia, Dylan, thank you for coming and joining us. And with that said, this is Ray Samora, and we are out.
Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. The Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.